Welcome to 1001 Radio Crime Solvers Podcast. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and we want 1001 Radio Crime Solvers to be your favorite place to go to enjoy a great mix of vintage detective shows from the golden age of radio. The scripts were great, the action was hot, and even the old commercials are enjoyable. And now, another episode of 1001 Radio Crime Solvers is ready to go. Enjoy! The Carry Salt Company, producer of salt for every farm and home use, brings you the thrilling adventures of the shadow, the hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcibly to old and young alike that crime does not pay. In just a minute, today's exciting adventure will begin. But first, when you go to the store to pick out apples, it's easy to choose the best apples. You can see the difference. But it's not so easy to pick the best salt by its appearance. Most salt looks alike. But just you try using Cary salt. See how different it is. See how its goodness goes deep down into the heart of food. Yes, ma'am, once you've used Cary salt, you'll agree Cary salt is different. Cary salt is deep penetrating. Here's why. Cary salt is extra refined, so of course it always carries the flavor. Get Cary's table salt at your favorite food store tomorrow in the round white box with a bright red band. It comes either iodized for added health protection or plain. But now, the shadow. The shadow who aids the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret. The hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, Gang Doctor. It is midnight. In a sub-cellar of an old brownstone house, an operation is being performed. The patient, sprawled out on a makeshift operating table winces as a man in a soiled surgical gown applies the scalpel to portions of his face. Oh, can't you give me something to call clock me, Doc? I can't stand it. We can do is Novocaine, Trigger. Oh, oh I never know what I'd like this. Uh, not as bad as the electric chair. Uh, Don't move now. Uh, please, Doc, easy. Joey, heat up the paraffin. Okay, Doc. Paraffin? What's that for? You gotta build up those cheekbones of yours. Give your face a different expression. Oh, if I wasn't so hot, I'd never go through with this. You should have thought of that before you killed that bank messenger, Trigger. I didn't figure on printing anyone down when I pulled that bank job. If that bank messenger hadn't got so nosy... I still... <laughs> oh. You sure this is going to be a new face, Doc? Something nobody will recognize? Results guaranteed, Trigger. It ought to be a good job. It's going to cost you enough. Uh, I hadn't figured it that way, Doc. How much? Twenty grand. Twenty... Are you out of your mind, Doc? I ain't got that kind of toll. There was $40,000 in that pouch you got from the bank messenger, and my fee runs to 50% of the gross. 
For a job like this? Uh, 20 grand, that's a hold-up, Doc. I won't pay. Harrison's ready, Doc. I won't pay. Shut up. You're going to get a new face, and you're going to pay for it. And I'll lie still. Easy, easy, Doc. (laughs) Take it easy. More paraffin, Joey. No, no, Ma, please, no more. Hold his head, Joey. Uh, We're going near the eyes. Oh, I can't stand any more, Doc. Clamps, Joey. Uh, How much more, Doc? I can't take much more. We've just started triggers. This is only the beginning. Hello, Murph. What'll it be? I ain't drinking, Gus. Uh, some guy went to see me. Yeah, the guy in the check suit over there, Murph. Said he knows you. Huh? huh. Never seen him before. He ain't copper, is he? Yeah, he looks more like a loser, Murph. Lily white skin of his looks strictly big house to me. Yeah, besides, a copper would know better than to come working in this joint alone. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Gus. Thanks a lot. Let's see what's on his mind. Hey. Here you was looking for me, mister? Yeah, I have. Sit down, Murph. Oh, I... How do you know my name? Maybe you'd get friendly if I mentioned my name. The boys who know me call me Trigger. Trick? Uh, you're kidding. You don't look no more like Trigger than I do. So what? You didn't expect me to be showing that old kisser of mine under the cop's noses, did you? I had embroidery done. Gee, yeah. That's a beautiful job, too. Well... What do you want? Now, look, you're still chummy with that private eye, Lamont Cranston, ain't you? I know him. So what? Him and Commissioner Weston never broke that corning case that happened about five years ago, did they? No. Cranston would like to break it. I suppose I help him break it. How could you? They got one print of the killer. They never matched it. Suppose I tell them where they can match it. What do you get out of this? Nothing you got to pay off. There's a guy trying to put the tap on me for 20 grand. Now, with Cranston on his tail, maybe he'll end up where he won't worry about me. Or the 20 grand. Oh, a remake, huh? Never mind. Is it a deal? Okay. Yeah, it's a deal. Good. Now, here's what you do. Call Cranston. Meet him tonight. Up your mind what you're going to do about the winter's invitation for the weekend, darling? Uh, looks like I'll have to accept, Margot. Doesn't seem to be any way out of it. Oh, it won't be that bad. I'll be there. <laughs> oh, I'll get it. All right. Yes? This is my... Is Mr. Cranston there? Just a second, Murph. For you, darling. Oh, thanks. Hello, Murph. How's crime? I quit your kid, Mr. Cranston. <laughs> you know, I give that up years ago. <laughs> What's on your mind, Merv? I got something for you, Mr. Cranston. Something hot. Well, good. What is it? A line on that guy who did the corning killing. Corning, huh? How good is your tip, Merv? Pretty good, pretty good there. Comes from a red hot who's on the lamb. He's got a grudge against the killer. And his red hot says he, he, he'll spill it to you. Well, that's very flattering, but why me? I guess he knows you're pretty anxious to crack that corning case. Besides, like I said, he... He got a grudge against the killer. Might be worth looking into, Murph. When and where do I get this information? Well, it's better, it's better if you and me ain't seen together in town. Better meet up at my place tonight. 
Mr. Cranston, you know where this? No, uh, better give me the directions. It's a little hideout two miles outside of Warkill. Mm-hmm. You can't miss it. It's an old shack, like on the left side of the road. Okay, Murph. I'll be there. You'll be where, darling? Murph's place. Claims there's a line on the saddest who killed the Corning child five years ago. Why come to you? Why doesn't he give this information to the police? Well, he knows of my personal interest in the case. Besides, his informant apparently isn't on speaking terms with the police. Don't get mixed up in that case again, darling, please. That killer was a cold-blooded maniac. Yes, I know, Margot. That's all the more reason why I'm not going to rest until he's brought to justice. I'm coming, I'm coming. Take it easy there, I'm coming. You're Murph, aren't you? Who? Who are you? Just call me Doc. Uh, we thought we'd have a little talk with you, Murph. Let's go in where we'll be comfortable, eh, Joey? Oh, you're pushing there. Pardon me, Murph. I didn't know you had your foot against the door. Wait a minute, you guys. I'm busy here. I'm expecting someone. Better bolt the door, Joey. We don't want to be disturbed. What is all this? We've got mutual friends, Murph. Trigger, for instance. Trigger? Trig- yeah. yeah. Joe here has been keeping an eye on Trigger. He saw you and Trigger talking today. Very confidentially. What were you talking about, Murph? Nothing. You going to be difficult, Murph? I don't mind, but you may. <laughs> oh, my arm. Oh, 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 my arm. You just break it. Tell us about it, Murph. I, we, we were talking about an old snatch job. The, the, the corning job. What about the corning job, Murph? <laughs> He wanted me to contact Lamont Cranston for him. Oh, I squeal, huh? And did you? Yeah, yeah, I did. I was it to you guys. What did he tell you about the corning job, Murph? Nothing. Nothing at all. No talk, Murph. He didn't tell me nothing. I told you. He wanted me to set up a date with Cranston tonight. Here. Here? We don't have much time, Doc. No. We'd better get started, Joey. What are you going to do? You seem so interested in the Corning case, Murph. I thought maybe I'd show you how it was done. You? You're the Corning killer? Yes, Murph. And I think we'd better reenact the operation on you. What are you talking about? Okay, Joey. Take over. Thanks, Doc. Come here, Murph. Put up the knife. I I, I ain't going to do no talking. Come here, Murph. Doc. Doc. Keep him away, Doc. Please. Come here, Murph. No. Come to little Joey. No. Come to Joey, Murph. We should be pretty nearly there, Margot. According to the speedometer, we're just about two miles beyond Warkill. Mm-hmm. There's an unpainted old shack over there, Lamont, but hmm? the windows are all boarded up. Murph said it would be. Oh? This wagon path leading up to it doesn't look very good for the springs. Uh, not as far as we can go. Have to walk the rest of the way, darling. Ooh, what a desolate place. I suppose Murph really lives here. No, but I wouldn't be surprised at what it's ideal for some of his enterprises. Oh, I thought you said Murph was a reformed character, darling. <laughs> Well, I suspect he still has occasional relapse. Well, Lamont is not even a light in the place. 
Darling, maybe you'd better go back and sit in the car. I'll go investigate. Nothing doing. Where you go, I go, Mr. Cranston. Okay. Come on, then. I still don't think this can be the place. So deserted looking. If he's expecting us, why haven't you got a light of some sort? We'll find out soon enough. Door's open. Okay. Stand back, darling. All right. You in there, Murph? You see, Lamont, there's no one here. Let's go oh. back. What was that? Someone's in there, all right. Give me that flashlight. All right. I don't see anyone. Lamont, it's a man. He's getting up from the floor. Oh, Murph must have fallen asleep. Is that you, Murph? Lamont, why doesn't he answer? Murph. <laughs> Is anything wrong with... <laughs> Murph. Better not look, darling. You're all right, Murph. It's all right, Murph. It's Cranston. Who, who did this to you? Lamont, <laughs> what's that note pinned to his shirt? I don't know. <laughs> not pinned to his shirt, Margot. It's stuck to his chest with a knife. Oh. What's it say? Wait a minute. Here's another one to baffle you, Cranston, just as the Corning case baffled you. The Corning killer? He knows you're here. Yes, he must... Look, look there, Margaret. There's smoke coming in under the door. Smoke? Now, wait a second. Door's locked. Windows are boarded up solid. We've got to get out of here. Yes, we've got to take Murph with us. Lamont, he's written something in blood on the floor. What's it say? T R I G G E R. Trigger. You see the one who did this, Murph? He's shaking his head no. Is, is he the one who had the information about the Corning killer? Yes? Where, where can I find him, Murph? I can't think of what he's writing, darling. It's so shaky. M-E-R... M... The mermaid? Oh, hurry, Murph, hurry. What's he writing now? Look, it's like... T-L-A-S... Commandy, stop. Murph. What else? Murph. What is it, darling? He's written all he's going to write, Margot. Murph's dead. Oh. <laughs> We'd better get out of here before we are, too. <laughs> it's getting worse. I can hardly see. Oh, place is going up like tinder. Hold the flash on the door. Maybe we can smash our way out. It's giving way. Hurry, darling. That did it. Uh, stay close behind me, darling. Let's get out of here. I wouldn't come out that door if I were you, Mr. Cranston. I'm a very good shot. Drop that gun. Drop that gun. Oh. We'll return to the shadow in just a minute. Now it's winner's time again. Yes, sir, here are the two winners of the Carousel Contest for the week ending November 8th. Each of these listeners wins a gorgeous $100 17-jewel Harmon gold watch just for writing an interesting letter about Carrie Salt. The ladies' watch goes to Mrs. A.O. Nobles, Jr. of Gainesville, Florida. Her suggestion tells you how to remove the printed dye from sugar bags or white feed bags. She suggests you dampen the bags with kerosene and sprinkle on Carrie's table salt. Then roll them up tight and let them stand overnight. Next day, just wash in soapy water and watch the dye rinse away. 
Sounds like a wonderful idea. And here's the winner of the man's watch. He is Mr. Sandy Rita of Cleburne, Texas, and he bases his suggestion on 30 years of experience. He says, the best thing I have ever found for smoothing rough gears and silencing their noise is the use of Kerry salt mixed with gear grease or compound. Congratulations to both of the winners. And folks, if you'd like to win one of these beautiful watches, listen for the easy rules later in this program. Meanwhile, remember, there's a fine carry salt for every farm and home use. There's deep penetrating Carrie's table salt, Carrie's meat curing salt, Carrie's mineral supplement salt, and many others. Always look for the white bag box or cotton with a bright red band. But now, back to the shadow. Margot, on the trail of a solution of a five-year-old crime, find the mutilated body of Murph, one of Cranston's undercover assistants. Before they can get out of Murph's hideout, however, the killer sets the old house afire and fires at Cranston as he tries to get Margot out of the flaming building. Lamont! I'm... I'm all right, Margot. I guess the bullet just grazed my scalp. Oh, thank heaven. Lamont. Isn't that a car pulling me? Yes. I guess she thinks she got me. Let's get out of here. This roof can't last much longer. Poor Murph. What are you going to do, darling? Those flames will hide all evidence of the crime. Evidence or no evidence, we know what happened back in there, Margot. Now I'm determined that the corning killer is going to be caught. Come on, darling. We're going to the mermaid and see what Trigger knows about the letters P-L-A-S. The mermaid, Lamont. <laughs> Not exactly the stork club, is it? Which is Trigger? I don't see him. Are you sure you know what he looks like, darling? That gunman? I've seen his face in the rogues' gallery so many times. What'll it be, mister? We're looking for a Trigger, bartender. <laughs> so a 10,000 copy. Friend of ours named Murph told us we'd find him here. Oh, you know Murph? Yeah. Okay, try the guy in the check suit over there. What'll it be, boys? Trigger them on. No, it doesn't look like him exactly. Come on, let's go over and talk to him anyway. I got an idea. Good evening. The table's taken. Yeah, so I see. Blow, I just... mister. I ain't no talking mood. It's about Murph. I said blow. Light for that cigarette? Heck, get that match out of my face. Murph's dead, Trigger. Slashed to death. What? I don't know what you're talking about, and I'm not interested. I don't know Murph, and I don't know you. You're not leaving us. Yeah. Was you figuring on trying to stop me? No, not at all. Sorry you don't like our company. That breaks my heart. Going to let him get away, Lamont? Don't worry. When I want to begin, I'll know where to find him. How? Sitting over here and giving Shrevey the high sign like this. He'll follow him in his car. You think of everything... Hey, you better not let the bartender see you wrapping that glass in your handkerchief. I'll have to risk it, Margot. I've got to make sure that our check-suited friend was who I think he was, in spite of plastic surgery. Plastic surgery? Yes. Didn't you notice when I offered him the light for his cigarette? Yes, I couldn't understand why he was being so accommodating. I held the match very close to his face. That way I was able to see the tiny scars that would be invisible otherwise. The letters P-L-A-S. Plastic surgery. 
mystery, of course. Then you think that was Trigger we've just talked to? Well, I'll be sure when I get a set of Trigger's prints from the police, then compare them in the lab with the prints I get off this glass. And if they match? If they match, Margot, our friend Trigger's going to receive a visit from the shadow. like to see Dr. Winston. He's not here. You'll have to come back. Pardon me. I think we'll come in and see for ourselves. Take your foot out of that door. Sorry to be so rough. You're not very hospitable. Come in, Margo. Oh, thanks. What is this? Didn't we almost meet face to face at Wallkill earlier this evening? Joey? I did miss you, didn't I? I never did trust guns, Mr. Clanson. They do so much shouting and get so few results. Look out, Lamont. Drop that knife, Joey. You had your chance to get away, Mr. Clanton. I said drop that knife, Joey. No. I'm going to sink it in your throat. Drop that knife. Oh, oh, my. My arm. I'll drop it. I'll Take up the knife, Margo. Got it. Now, Joey, a few questions. Where's Winston? I won't tell you. I won't. You haven't had enough. Hey, all no, right, no. Joey. No. 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 Please. Where is he? Gone to see somebody. A patient named Trigger. Trigger? You're not lying, Joey. No, I'm not lying. Gotta get there right away, Margot. Well, what about Joey? Got something here that'll keep him quiet till the police can pick him up. No. Handcuffs, wonderful. There, Joey. Now, in case you get the wanderlust, you can carry that radiator along with you. I think it'll be much more comfortable just to sit tight until the police get here. <laughs> Don't move fast, Trigger. Turn around real slow. Fast. What's the idea of the contact? I ain't done nothing. Well, looks like you were planning a trip, Trigger. Trunk and all. Couldn't be that you were skipping town because some plans of yours didn't quite work out. Could it, Trigger? Now, look, I, 
I got the dough for you right here, Doc. That's what you wanted. Hey, let Doc the dough, huh? Sure. And I'll take the dough. And then I'll take you. What are you talking about? You tried to frame me, Trigger, and I'm going to kill you for it. It's as simple as that. Oh, no, wait a second. But before we part company, Trigger, I'm going to take back something I gave you. What are you talking about? I'm going to repossess that face of yours, Trigger, piece by piece. No, no, you couldn't do that to me. I gave it to you. I ought to have a chance to take it away again if I want to. Shouldn't I, Trigger? That's only fair. (laughs) You talk too much, Doc. Well, I underestimated you, Trigger. Uh, You kind of look a little different from this end, don't it, Doc? Now listen, Trigger. You listen, Doc. There's been a lot of cutting going on. You and that male nurse of yours been talking big with the knife. Look, I'm a pretty fast kid with a gun, Doc. But now I'm going to try a little of this night work, too. Hey, you're going to be my first patient, Doc. Now, wait a second, I Trigger. used to be a butcher when I was a kid, Doc. You didn't know that, did you? Of course, I never worked on a person before, but I'm not too old to learn, am I, Doc? Stay away from me, Trigger. You're sweating, Doc. Oh, you ain't one of them sawbones that can't take his own medicine, are you? Now lie down on that bed. Don't do it, Trigger. Oh, you forgot the ether, didn't you? Oh, well, these baggage straps will do it. Stretch your arms, sir. That'll keep you from moving. Let me up. Ah, let me see what kind of instruments you brought. Oh, Trigger. Personally, I like this long-bladed knife. For heaven's sake, Trigger, use the gun. Kill me, Cleet. Use the gun. And have the trunk go to waste? No. You wouldn't want that, would you, Doc? No, Trigger, no. You ain't a good patient, Doc. You yell before you're even hurt. No. Let's see you when I really... What was that? Who knocked that knife out of my hand? The shadow, Trigger. What? (laughs) I said I'd come back. You can't stop me. I'm going to kill him. He's got it coming to him. Save me, Shadow. Save me. I'll save you, Winston, but not because I have any mercy for you. So you'll die in the electric chair for the Corning murder. I'll confess to it. I'll do anything on time. Don't let him do it. I'll kill it, Doc, and I'll kill you too, Shadow. You can't kill what you can't see. You're finished, Trigger. The police are already on their way. Maybe, but I'll get you before they get me. Untie me, Shadow. Untie me. Good idea, Winston. No. Stay away from him. Stay away or I'll shoot. My gun. Now then, Trigger. What's around me? Take it off me. Take it off me. <laughs> it's only a baggage strap, Trigger. It'll hold until the police arrive. They're here right now. Untie me, Shadow. You said you'd untie me. It was just a trap. Bring Trigger near the bed or I could tie you both up with this strap. Now, Winston, you'll stay tied and so will you, Trigger. When the police arrive, they'll find you both ready and waiting to be taken to the electric chair. Friends, again today, the Cary Stall Company is giving away two gorgeous $100 17-jewel Harmon gold watches in an easy-to-win contest. One man's watch, one lady's watch every week. If you'd like to hear your name announced as a winner, listen to these easy rules. First, write 100 words or less describing some new and unusual way of using any Cary Stoff product. Second, print your name and address on your entry. Third, mail to Cary's, C-A-R-E-Y-S, Cary Salt, in care of this station. That's all. Nothing to buy, no box tops to send in. You can write about deep-penetrating Cary's round package table salt or Cary's mineral supplement salt or any Cary Salt product. Letters postmarked before midnight Friday will be judged in this week's contest and winners announced three weeks from today. The judges' decisions are final. All letters become Carrie's property. In case of ties, duplicate prizes will be awarded. 
Remember, the man and woman who write the most interesting letters describing some new and unusual way of using any Carisol product will each win a gorgeous $100 watch. Remember, send your letter to Carisol in care of this station. Better jot that address down now. It's Carisol in care of this station. Mail your letter today. Copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. The characters, names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Again next week, the shadow will demonstrate that the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> Next week, same time, same station, the Carrie Salt Company brings you another strange and thrilling adventure in the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. Meanwhile, remember, there's a Carrie Salt for every farm and home use. Look for the package with a bright red band. And here's a reminder. Do you attend church regularly? There's a place for you and your talents in the church of your choice. Be a part of the United Church Canvas. Salt Company, producer of salt for every farm and home use, brings you the thrilling adventures of the shadow, the hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcibly to old and young alike that crime does not pay. In just a minute, today's exciting adventure will begin. And that minute is just time enough to remind you that good food tastes oh so much better when it's properly seasoned with Carrie's Round Package Table Salt. Yes, sir, that's true, for Carrie salt is different. Gary Salt is deep penetrating. That's right, Gary Salt is different. Gary Salt is deep penetrating. You see, Gary Salt is extra refined. Its good, pure flavor goes deep down into the heart of food. Yes, Gary Salt always carries the flavor. So, of course, it makes good food taste better. Get Gary's Table Salt at your favorite food store and the round white box with a bright red band. It comes either iodized for added health protection or plain. But now, the shadow. The shadow who aids the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. 
Years ago on the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret. The hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, Makeup for Murder. Margot, darling, I hate to have to walk you home so late at night through this part of town. It's pretty gruesome, isn't it, Lamont? I can see now why they call it Beggar's Row. Well, I guess most of the poor beggars in town sleep in these old flop houses. Mm-hmm. I wonder why Shrevey stirs up. You told him to come back to the party and pick us up. Well, he probably got a fare that took longer than he expected. Besides, I don't think anyone will bother us in this get-up. You look frightening, darling. Thanks, Angel. You look horrible, too. Well, we should be very proud of our costumes and make up one first prize. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a wonderful idea, holding a hard time party in a vacant saloon. It wasn't it? Lamont. What is it, darling? Look, there's a man crouched in that doorway. He's got a club in his hand. Stay there. Don't move. Well, it's only an old beggar. Oh. Hey, listen, mister, how about leaving the poor old man have a little change, He's huh? using that stick for a cane, darling. You heard me, mister. I... <laughs> That's a good one. How about leaving me have a little change, says I, to a couple of bums worse off than myself. <laughs> I'm sorry to bother you, stranger. They call me Soft Shoe. I used to be a hooper, see? That's before I fell and twisted both me legs. Ah, that's okay, soft shoe. We all make mistakes. They call me Flipper. Used to be in show business, too, an acrobat, see? That's why I took one flip too many, you know. Uh, Looking for a spot to flop, huh? Well, keep away from the graveyard if you know what's best for you. Graveyard? That's what we call Mike's flop house. Ah. There's ten of us died there in the last two months. But I got away in time, see, before it got me. Or what got you, soft shoe? Whatever's killing off them other poor bums. It's murder, that's what it is. But I got away. Yeah, you're off your nuts, soft shoe. Nobody's out to kill poor beggars like us. Yes, they are. I know. I got proof, see. Yeah, what proof, soft shoe? Oh, no. <laughs> no, you don't. I'm not getting myself into no trouble. I'm just lucky I got away. <laughs> I, I, I'm just lucky. I, What's the matter? I, uh, I, I'm lucky. Uh, I'm lucky I got away. Lamont. He's dead, Margot. Look, there, there's a bar up ahead, Larry's saloon. Go there and call the police. I'll wait here with the body. Right, darling. Be sure to ask for Commissioner Weston. The way we look tonight, any cop who doesn't know us would probably throw us in jail. <laughs> Did you insist upon coming down here to the morgue with Commissioner West? I want to have a look at Soft Shoe's body, Margot. Well, are you satisfied now, Lamont? Not a mark of violence on him. But he did say it was murder, Commissioner. These bombs always blame somebody else for whatever happens to him, Margot. Any trouble, even death. He said there were other murders in that flop house. Ten in the past two months. He said he had proof it was murder. Uh, maybe he had a fight with the owner and got thrown out. Wanted to get the owner in trouble. Ah, they're a tricky lot. They all live on pipe dreams. Uh, so she was afraid of something real. If you'd seen him, heard him as All right, Lamont. Wait till we get the coroner's report and we'll see. Uh, can I drive you and Margot home? You can take Margot with you. I think I'll try and find that flop house soft shoe told us about. Oh, darling, why don't you wait until we see what the coroner says? 
Got a funny feeling that Soft Shoe is telling the truth. I know, Commissioner. You think I can't resist playing detective, especially in this get-up. <laughs> I understand, Lamont, and if anything should come to light and you need help, well, you can count on me. By the way, what did you say was the name of that place? Mike's Flophouse. Better known among us bums as the graveyard. Hi, Mike. Got a bed for tonight? Huh? How'd you know me? I never seen you before. They call me Flipper. Used to be an acrobat, see? All filled up tonight, Flipper. Oh, you got one empty bunk. Soft Shoe won't be back anymore. Soft Shoe? What's happened to him? He kicked off ten minutes ago right in the street. Soft Shoe did? Mm. Oh, poor devil. The police pick him up? His body, I mean? Yeah. Well, I'll call him in the morning. See that he gets a decent burial anyway. Why, is Soft Shoe a special friend of yours? No, I just feel sorry for him, that's all. I try to see that all the bums around here get a decent burial. Got a soft heart, Mike. Yeah, and a soft head, too, I guess. But the only time these poor bums look peaceful and happy is when they're laying in their coffins, dead. Mike, Mike, you got a dime for a cup of coffee. You don't need no more of that coffee you drink, Smokey. Now get back to bed. Yeah, who's that? Oh, we call him Smokey. Just another beggar, a little screwier than the rest. I wrote a new poem, Mike, just for you. No more poems, Smokey. No, you're, you're going to like this one, Mike. Listen. Men may come, men may go. Mike will see they go quick, row upon row. Hot top, get back to bed. Got any more poems, Smokey? Go ahead, friend. You like them, huh? Minnie's his sweetheart. Minnie's Mike's wife. Minnie will pat you on the back. With a knife. You crazy bum. Uh, look who's standing in the door. Mike, are you going to let that bum make up poems like that about me? Many and Mike, their man and wife, they don't think nothing of a beggar's love. Shut him up, Mike. Get him out of this room. Come on, Smokey. Back to bed with you. I, I got more poems to recite. You I... heard what I said. Uh, no, get back Mike, to bed. No, I didn't mean nothing Come on. wrong, Mike. No, no. I tell you to get out of here. Not that, Mike. Come on. Hey, Mike handles that guy pretty rough, don't he? Maybe he does. What's it to you, Mister? Nothing. Nothing right now. That'll keep that crazy bum quiet. Hey, how about that room, Mike? Huh? Is he stand here? I don't like him. He's too nosy. Got any more poems, Smokies? Is he? Yeah, he is kind of nosy, ain't he? Okay, get out, Flipper Scram. Oh, gee, Mike, I got no other place to go. You heard what Mike said. Go on. Graham. Lamont, is that you? Margot, what are you doing here? I thought Commissioner Weston took you home. Well, I was worried about you, so I called Shreve and he brought me down here in his cab. He's down the street. You'd have had a long wait, darling. I nearly stayed at Mike's place all night. All night in that place? Whatever for, darling. Something strange going on there. I'm sure of that now. An old bum they called Smokey has been reciting poetry. Poetry? Oh, now, darling. I'm serious, Margot. He knows something. In his own crazy way, he knows some secret. Secret the proprietor and his wife would rather he kept to himself. Wait a minute, someone's coming. Why, it's he. Smokey, darling. I got to find someone to help me. Hey, Smokey, what's wrong? Don't you remember me? Huh? You... 
Who are you? Flipper, you remember? He'd just been reading your poetry to me. Yeah, you look familiar. Lamont, there is something wrong with him. Yeah, I got a new poem, Flipper. Just made it up. You never know who your friends are. That someone wrote. I know who my friends are. They just cut my throat. Hey, Smokey, what's wrong? A heavy scarf around his throat, Lamont, and there's blood. They tried to kill me. Who tried to kill you, Smokey? It was... It Smoke. was... Uh... He's falling. I got him. He's just fainted. Get Shrevey, Margo. We've got to get Smokey to a hospital right away. Come on, darling. We can go up and see Smokey now. Did the doctor think he could save him? Said his constitution was made of zinc. He was even reciting poetry under the anesthetic. Oh. You think Mike did it? Mike or his wife, Minnie? 207, isn't this his room? Yes. Well, let's see if we can get Smokey to say something sensible in prose this time. Lamont, the bed's empty. Wait a minute. Window's open. He used the sheet for a rope. Well, why would he want to escape? He was safe here. Where would he go? I don't know, Margot. Unless he wanted to get back home for some reason. Back to that flop house? Well, that was where he was nearly killed. Why would he go back there of all places? I don't know. But he must have had a very good reason. It might be the reason behind all the murders at the graveyard, Margot. coming from under the door at the end of this hall, darling. We can just get past this dormitory without waking any of those men in there. Yeah. Take it easy. So far, so good. There is a light in that room, Lamont. Yes. Door's open part way. We're going to open it the rest of the way. The room's empty, Lamont. So it seems. It must be Minnie's room. Look in that dresser with all... Wait, Somebody's in here. Sounds as like if it's coming from that closet door. Might be Smokey hiding in there. Or the killer. Keep that, darling. I'm going to open that closet. Now! Smokey! It's, it's, it's mine. It's all mine. You can't have any of it. Smokey, put down that bottle. It's mine. Every bottle filled with money. Okay? Thousands. Thousands. It's all mine. Smokey, stop it. Uh, let me go. I know I'm dying. Well, when I go, I'll be buried right. No potter's field. I'll have a fancy casket. Flowers. I'll have a fine funeral. <coughs> Smokey, you've got to go back to that hospital. I'll come along. You keep away from me. You come to get my money. I'll kill you before I let you take it from me. Look out, Lamont. He's coming towards you with that broken bottle. Smokey, I've come to help you. You come to steal my money. 
but you won't. I'll cut your throat too. Look out! We'll return to the shadow in just a minute. Now it's winner's time. That's right, time to announce the two winners of the Carousel Contest for the week ending November 15th. A gorgeous $100 17-jewel Harmon gold watch goes to each of them, just for writing an interesting letter about Carrie Salt. The lady's watch goes to Mrs. Gus Du Bois of Atumwa, Iowa. In her winning letter, Mrs. Du Bois gives what she calls a very dependable recipe for canning corn. She mixes 20 cups of sweet corn, one scant cup of sugar, and one scant cup of Carrie Salt. She lets this stand for 15 minutes and then processes for 35 minutes in a pressure cooker. Sounds easy? Yes, and I'll bet it tastes mighty good, too. Now, here's an unusual use for Carrie's smoke salt, the fine Carrie salt to give cured meats that old-fashioned smoke flavor. It's from D.R. Crowley, Jr. of 331 Ridgemont in San Antonio. He sprinkles Carrie's smoke salt around and atop anthills, and in 12 hours, he says, the ants are completely eliminated. Congratulations to both winners. And folks, if you'd like to win one of these beautiful watches, listen for the easy rules later in this program. Meanwhile, remember, there's a fine carry salt for every farm and home use. There's deep penetrating Carrie's table salt, Carrie's meat curing salt, Carrie's mineral supplement salt, and many others. Always look for the white bag, box, or cotton with a bright red band. But now, back to the shadow. <laughs> In their attempts to solve the mystery of the strange deaths in a flop house on Notorious Beggar's Row, Lamont Cranston and Margot Lane find themselves in the room of the owner's wife. And here they find the latest victim, a beggar named Smokey, who attacks Lamont with a broken bottle. Lamont, you've got your cheek, it's bleeding. I've got his arms now. I'll kill you. I won't let you take my money. Take it easy, Smokey. I'll have a good burial. I'll see I'm buried right. Not, not like the other bombs. Smokey. You'll have a good burial, all right, Smokey. He's dead? Yes, darling. What a shame. He might have lived if he hadn't come back for this money. It's a fortune here, Margot, in these bottles. Lamont, there's someone coming down the hall. It's a woman's footsteps. Minnie must be coming back. We've got to get out. I want you to go, darling, quickly, down that fire escape. Oh, what about you? Don't worry about me. Minnie won't see Lamont Cranston. It'll be the voice of the shadow who greets her. <laughs> all over the floor. He came back to steal my money. Money you stole from the beggars, Minnie? <laughs> Whose voice is that? The voice of the shadow, Minnie. Shadow? What kind of a gag is this? Where are you? Shadow is everywhere and nowhere, Minnie. Perhaps the shadow was here when Smokey died. Perhaps he knows that you killed Smokey. I had to do it. He got too smart. He knew too much for his own good. Yes, Minnie, but there's someone else still alive who knows your secret. Someone else? Who? The bum they call Flipper. Flipper? He knows you've got all this money, and he knows how you got it. He'll get it from you. He'll blackmail you just the way Smokey was going to do. Dirty bum, he won't get a cent. How can you stop him? He knows you killed those poor beggars. He'll stop that bum. He'll do it. The professor will find a way. Professor? Who is this professor, Minnie? He's the one who put me up to this. He's my friend. 
I'll take care of that nosy bum. What will you both do, Minnie? Kill Flipper as you've killed the rest? Sure, the professor will take care of him, all right? Very well, Minnie. Tell this professor what's happened. And get Flipper just the way you got the other bums. <laughs> me in, Professor, quick. Well, Minnie, my flower, what are you doing here in my workshop at this time of night? There's something i got to tell you, Professor. Well, you're, you're unnerved, my precious. Wait, I'll light a lamp. No, never mind about the light. Listen to me. My terrible, you're trembling. Listen, a voice just come to me and told me somebody knows we killed them beggars and stole their money. A voice? Oh, come now, my rose petal. I tell you, I heard a voice. I found my bottles broken and the money all over the floor. Voice said that a bum named Flipper was going to blackmail us and get our money away from us. Come, sugar, you're just imagining things. I heard the voice, I tell you. I. Wait. Just then I felt like there was someone here in your workroom with us. Your nerves are just done, eh? What was that? What are you talking about? Your work table just moved. Then I could swear. How could it, Tulip? You don't see anyone, do you? No. Maybe I'm just jumpy. I guess that voice kind of left. <laughs> Professor, look. Those little bottles on your shelf, they just moved. Well, it must have been just the wind. <laughs> See? Just blew the door closed. Yeah, but I heard somebody laugh. You're imagining things. You're... I do say, Blossom, this is odd. What's odd, Professor? I know I had eight bottles of my stuff on this shelf tonight. Now it seems they're only seven. Well, good morning, Commissioner Weston. Good morning, Lamont. Well, you look happy. Whose canary have you swallowed this time? No one's yet, Commissioner. Just looking forward to the meal. Tell me, could you have this analyzed for me? What is that? Looks like a little bottle of paint or colored ink. Could be. I stole it from the workshop of an artist a little while ago. What are you acting so smug about? Come on, Lamont, let's have the news. You still after Mike, owner of the graveyard? Not this time, Commissioner. I doubt if Mike is even in on the deal now. But I was right about those bombs being murdered. All I need now, Commissioner, is the evidence. Incidentally, you said you had photographs of all the beggars who died taken at the morgue. Could I see them? Yeah, help yourself. Oh, thanks. Mm -hmm. Ah, very interesting photographs. Now, wait a second, Cranston, before you get any ideas. I've checked on those deaths, and all of them were listed as having died from natural causes. If you can call bad liquor a natural cause of death. I'm afraid you're mistaken, Commissioner. And I think I can prove it. Because I'm next on the list to be killed as they were. What are you talking about? Commissioner, give me 24 hours to set a little trap. I'll get the killer for you. Using myself as bait. Professor, that flipper guy. Control yourself, precious. We'll appear. What are you going to do? Give him the usual routine. Worked on the others, should work on him. Well, good evening, stranger. How about a drink with us? This is my natal day. Uh, what's a natal day? My birthday. My birthday, stranger. Oh, yeah. I'm called Professor. Uh, and what may your name be? My name may be Flipper. Oh, that's good enough for us. Three shots, bartender. One double. I don't need nobody to buy me a drink. Just for friendship's sake, friend. There's nothing like friendship in this world today. That's right. We all need to be friends. Uh, you've got something there, lady. We all need friends. 
friends we can trust. Thank you, sir. The double shot to me, bartender. <clears throat> well, here's to friendship. How about it, brother? To friendship, the three of us. Okay, here's to friendship, the three of us. <laughs> Make yourself at home. Hey, where are we? Huh? At my studio, Mr. Flipper. Don't you remember? We got thrown out of the bar. Oh, that's right. They was closed. The professor's <laughs> got a jug stowed away here. Yeah. Coming up, my dear. Coming up. Give Flipper another drink. Oh, no, no more for me, Professor. No more. Hey, this is just a nice little workshop you've got here. Professor's a fine artist. Uh, one of the finest in the world. Here. Here are some of my pictures. Yeah. Oh, I wish I had a beautiful picture like that. How would you like me to give one to you, Flipper? Oh, no, I couldn't. He won't charge you a cent for it, will you, Professor? You mean you'd give me one free? Gladly, gladly. Which would you like? Let's see. Oh, I like this one with the swords and the snakes. Oh, no. How about this? For friendship, the clasped hands over the shield. No, no. Mm. Now, I think I like this one better, the... Skull and crossbones. Well, that's not very appropriate, is it? Huh? How about the friendship design, brother? It's just the right size. Friendship. Okay, okay. Turn your chair around a little, Flipper. Yeah, how's this? Get it over quick. I'm nervous as a cat. Now, where would you like it, Mr. Flipper? I like it? Oh, how about right across my chest here? Huh? Uh, now, we usually reserve that space for something much bigger. Oh. Now, right here on your arm would just fit here. On the inside of my arm, don't show so well there. Hand me the needle quickly, Minnie. Turn it on. Now this won't hurt much at all, Flipper. Hurry up, Professor. This won't hurt much either. Oh! Now, let me try the needle on you first, for friendship's sake. No, no, stop him, Minnie. Get over him, you crazy bum. What are you afraid of, Professor? Dying of blood poisoning like the other bums? Hey, you ain't no bum. What is this? Clever, weren't you, Professor? You got them drunk, offered them the friendship design free, and tattooed them with poisoned ink. Lamont. Good work, Lamont. We saw the whole thing. Well, I think you have all the evidence you need now, Commissioner. Yes, but you won't have me. Lamont, he's grabbed the bottle of poisoned ink. He's drinking it, Professor! Too late. It's too late, Vinny. I'm dying. No! Forgive me my sins. I'm leaving this world. That's right, Professor, but not just now. Huh? Say farewell to all my friends. Say farewell. Come on, Professor. Get up off the floor. Huh? But Lamont, he swallowed the poisoned ink. All he swallowed was colored water, Margot. What? I switched the poison bottle earlier this evening. Well, I do need to relax after that excitement, darling, but... I wish we hadn't come back here to Larry's saloon. Well, Margot, I couldn't very well go to any of our usual spots dressed in these clothes. Oh, no. It is true, then, Lamont, that Mike was completely innocent of what was going on. Yes, Margot. Minnie, the professor, and Smokey are the guilty ones. Smokey found out which of the beggars carried their life savings around on their persons and told Minnie. Is that it? Yes, and she and the professor got them drunk into the studio and offered them a free tattoo sample. Just as they did you. Mm. How did you guess about the tattoo marks causing the death, darling? Well, I saw Softshoe's body and noticed his friendship tattoo. When I saw the photographs of the others, I noticed they had the same design in the same place. 
All the tattoos were done on the inner arm over the largest vein, so the poison would be carried directly into the bloodstream. But didn't the commissioner say they all died of natural causes? If you can call bad liquor a natural cause, is what he said, Margot. Hawkins and Minnie were smart enough to disguise the poison with all the rotten liquor they could get into them. I see. Well, I'm glad it's all over. I am too, Margot. From now on, no more masquerading or makeup. They just get you into trouble. Mm. Hey, Bud, ain't I seen you in this bar before? Ain't you the guy they call Flipper? Why, yes, I... Darling? Well, ain't you? Uh, no, no. Uh, my name is Lamont Cranston. I never heard of this Flipper. Never heard of him before in my life. <laughs> Friends, would you like to win a gorgeous $100 17-jewel Harmon Gold wristwatch? It's easy to do in the Carry Salt Company's new contest. You bet. Carry Salt is giving away two of these beautiful watches. One man's watch and one lady's watch every week. An easy-to-write interesting letter will win. Listen to these rules. First, write 100 words or less describing some new and unusual way of using any Carry Salt product. Second, print your name and address on your entry. Third, mail to Carrie's, C-A-R-E-Y-S. Carry Salt in care of this station. That's all. Nothing to buy. No box stops to send in. You can write about deep-penetrating Carrie's round package table salt or Carrie's mineral supplement salt or any Carrie salt product. Letters postmarked before midnight Friday will be judged in this week's contest and winners announced three weeks from today. The judges' decisions are final. All letters become Carrie's property. In case of ties, duplicate prizes will be awarded. Remember, the man and woman who write the most interesting letters describing some new and unusual way of using any Carrie salt product will each win a gorgeous $100 wristwatch. Send your letter to Carry Salt in care of this station. Better jot that address down now. It's Carry Salt in care of this station. Mail your letter today. is copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications Incorporated. The characters, names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Again next week, the shadow will demonstrate that the weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs>